With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. Right, the Brian Billick Report is brought to you by Mavis Discount Tire. Save on tires at MavisTire.com and by the Joseph Abood Flagship Store. Experience exceptional quality, style, and service at its very best. Uh, Brian Billick will be on the NFL Network's Playbook Wednesdays at 6 p.m. with Sean O'Hara. And he's also brought to you by SeatGeek, which we'll tell you about in a couple of minutes. Brian, welcome. How are you? How are we doing this afternoon, Mike? All right. What's your thoughts? Uh, give me the thoughts on week one. What jumped out at you? Well, uh, a couple games. Obviously, and we got to go all the way back to the Kansas City game. Right. To go into Foxborough and, and beat uh, beat the New England Patriots was pretty spectacular, particularly in the way they did it. Um, to me, the road wins are always at a premium. That's your ability to do that is is always key uh, in this league. I don't know that anybody there were any uh, really game changers and say, "Boy, this is a team that's going to really make a difference that we didn't know before." I thought last night in Minnesota. Uh, they're, what they were able to do offensively, particularly they with look the great. core and that defense, that secondary, along with Seattle, that, that they will rock you. So uh, I thought Minnesota, of all the teams that I saw, yep. maybe was the biggest surprise for them to play that well offensively. Well, they, they, they had my favorite player because I've been singing the praises of Cook for years. I love him, and he looked great last night. And, you know, he was a guy that... Uh, you want to say it was his behavior, you want to say it was innuendo, whatever knocked him out of the first round. They said he didn't, uh, they didn't like his attitude at the combine. Then they said he was hanging around with the wrong people, whatever. You know what? He went in the second round, but he was clearly, as he showed last night, a first round talent. Oh, yeah. And there's any number of reasons why that happens. And there's legitimate commentary on it in terms of why a player falls or not. But at the end of the day, it does come down to what you're going to do on the football field. And the fact that you can learn to be a professional and realize just what kind of potential you have and what that can mean, uh, a lot of times you'll see guys turn that around. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the young backs last night, uh, this week, Kansas City, obviously, with what he did. Fournette had a very good game. Uh, Cook last night. So you saw a lot of rookie running backs made a lot, make a lot of presence uh, and have very big games in week one. Yeah, I thought the physicality of Fournette, and I think the Jacksonville win was maybe a bit of a surprise. Yeah, it was. You know, Houston played. I mean, Houston giving up 10, 10 sacks. I mean, you can't. How do you go into the first game and give up ten sacks? Yeah, and obviously a lot going on in Houston because of all the disasters that are going on. But that aside, uh, Jacksonville, the sheer physicality that that Jacksonville was able to have with that pretty good defense. Now, what do they do? You know, they go with Deshaun Watson, they stay with Tom Savage. There are some issues going on there. I can't think of a, a week two must game more than the one we're seeing between Cincinnati and Houston this Thursday night. Bad performance, you know, for all the weapons Cincinnati has, Dalton can't play like that. That team has got a lot of weapons, and Houston, everyone thought they were improved. And he stuck with Savage. You know, he has, Bill O'Brien had this guru tag from his days at New England. 
and he has had more quarterback miseries and had more weird things happen at his quarterback position from giving Osweiler $72 million to changing quarterbacks a million times. He doesn't ever seem to have a settled situation at quarterback. Yeah, and they're going to start feeling that kind of pressure because obviously you've got to get that, that answer. And, and the direction that he's going, it's hard for me, not unless it's injury, him not going with Deshaun Watson. It's the only way... You know, particularly, like you said, with the sacks, you got to have somebody athletically that can maybe do something uh, with, with uh, you know, outside of the design of the offense. Defense is still as advertised. There's no question about that. But that offense, it's, uh, this, this is a must win for, you know, it's not going to be good to be either one of these teams come Friday morning, the team that loses. All right, let me touch on the Giants for a second. The national game, uh, the same issues that we worried about reared their head. Off, and then no Beckham, of course, but offensive line, no running game. Uh, what did you see as far as the Giants? Well, if uh, I'll, I'll make it as concise as I can. If Eli has to be a 600-throw guy this year, it's not going to go well for the Giants. That offensive line, and that's been the lament for a while, like you said. They just don't seem to have a physicality about them. They don't have the physical running style that we're used to seeing with the Giants that they're going to need. Obviously, the defense is as advertised. They've got to hope that when OBJ comes back and throw them with Marshall and Shepard, that those guys are going to be dynamic enough to make enough plays offensively to put some pressure on these defenses. But obviously, uh, it begins up front and with that running game, and boy, it was unimpressive. We're talking with Brian Billick. You saw some. Uh, you saw some really good performances uh, from certain guys. Obviously, Alex Smith and what he did in New England. Wentz, what he did. Uh, the Rams and their young quarterback looked very improved. Now the Colts look just dreadful. But hey, listen, they've been carried by one player. It's not been a secret. They they might be the worst team in the league, or they might be as bad as any team in the league when he doesn't play. Oh, absolutely. And and you're right. One of the hardest things to do is when you look at some of these games, is it because of the, the, the good play? Like in, in uh, any, any team, you look at the Los Angeles Rams, or excuse me, yeah, it's hard for me to remember, yes. that the, the Los Angeles yes. Rams and Chargers, and I'm an L.A. guy, but it's the Rams, and, and did they really look that good, or, or was any just that bad? I mean, it I think was, they were that it, bad. I, I, I actually yeah. think they were that bad, and, and you can't go in a game and give up. He gave up two pick sixes and could have given up three or four. Yeah, so it's you know that that's always the tough one in those circumstances. But uh, so we yeah, that's what week two is about. We're going to find out what what's a trend uh, versus what is for real. All right, take this from a coaching standpoint. Nothing's worse than losing week one. We know that when you're week one and you lose, and now you have an interesting game. Let's say like the Giants have, and then they're on the road for two weeks at Philly, at Tampa. How much pressure is a coach and their staff feeling in week two? But, well, it's the same in week three, four, five. Until you win a game, it's huge pressure. You know, we're a league of what? Going in uh, uh, to the Kansas City-New England game, it was Brady's going to play till he's 60, and, and they're going to go 16-0. and 0. And now it's, well, when's Garoppolo come in, and are they going to win a game? You know, that's what this league is about. Um, the, the locker rooms. The, the the teams themselves after week one and you have lost it it's I don't, I'm not going to say it's panicked but there is a tension that we have you know when are we going to get on on the proper side of this thing regardless of how close the game may or may not have been uh, because you only got 16 opportunities so that that pressure and then on the flip side of it that's what you're telling your teams when you win look if we go out and lose this we're one on one just like the team that started out zero and one gets a win. 
So yeah, every week in the NFL, yeah, there, there's I, I've never known a time on any team where you go into a week going, ah, this is no big deal whether we win this or not. There's no pressure in this one unless your name's uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, every coach feels like he's under pressure every game, every year. And he wasn't too happy himself after week one. We're talking with Brian Billick. Your old team looked like they've put the defense back together. Now, that's a well-coached team, as we know, always is. Uh, but it looked like the moves they made, the guys they brought in, the, the secondary, the safeties, it looks like Baltimore's got themselves a defense again. Yeah, they are for real. I did their preseason game, and that front seven is as good as any in the National Football League. The secondary is is not only good, but it's got depth. That's been what's hurt them in the past is the injuries. But when they brought in Brandon Carr, they brought in Tony Jefferson, they drafted Marlon Humphrey, they got a good young uh, uh, DB, uh, 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 undrafted free agent named Jalen Hill, who's just outstanding. Uh, they're that defense is for real. Offensively, we'll see. Joe Flacco did look like he was a little stiff. I uh, was hated to see them lose Danny Woodhead, but uh, they they're offensively they not weren't necessarily explosive. They were just good enough. Uh, but this defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. That in the kicking game. What do you think the Bears do, Brian? You know they want to play the kid. Uh, they had made you know they there's obviously was a division there when they went and signed. Uh, when they went and signed the guy they signed, they Glennon. give, they give Glennon, Glennon a ton of money. But the bottom line is, and Glennon played well. And let's be honest, a drop pass from winning the game. He would have come back with a fourth quarter comeback against the NFC champs, and he would have come from 10 points down. But they want to play the kid. Do they wait and see for someone to have an injury and try and trade him off? I mean, how do they handle this if you're the Bears? Well, for my money, you play him because that's the only way you're gonna, he's going to get better. He's not going to learn anything from the sideline. And and Mike Glennon, good solid guy, but he's not going to be the answer. I don't know if you just if you're waiting to lose enough games to go ahead and put the other kid in. That's not a, a a good scenario either. I don't think they're a very good team. Although they did play very well against Atlanta, like you said, you got to give them credit for that against a very talented Atlanta team. Yep. But by the same token, uh, I, I don't know why you don't play this guy now. Now I don't know that's in John Fox's best interest. Because that's not a good situation either. Now all of a sudden, when when you're having to go, no one's going to give you a freebie. Not in year three or four when you you know you haven't won a lot of games. Uh, well, it's a rookie quarterback. Well, we don't care. You got to win games. Uh, but but that's the only way for Trubisky to get better. You know, maybe you wait for someone to get hurt, and then you can you can you can maybe recoup something for Glennon because Glennon can definitely play in this league. He might not be a superstar, but he can play. Yeah, and he's shown that he can do that. I, I don't know if anybody is really going to give you anything for a Mike Glennon, but if that, you know, there's if there's that potential, then sure. You know, because uh, let's be honest, there's some teams playing with a lot worse than Glennon out there. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. That yeah, and, and as we move through the season, we may, may very well find that that's that's the mentality. What did you think of Seattle and Green Bay as they squared off? And what was a heck of a game for Week One? I thought that was a very intense game. For, that was almost like a playoff game in Week One. Yeah, it, and and obviously, again, what you learn more about one team from a good player or the bad team or the other. Not that Seattle played bad. That offensive line has got some issues. It clearly. is an issue. I agree. Uh, but I, I Green Bay defense, I, I think, is going to be better than people thought. And and that offense in Seattle is going to struggle with that offensive line. Uh, Russell Wilson is going to have to be a 500-throw guy again, and I don't know if that's in their best interest. Their defense is for real. That secondary is so physical. Uh, I thought was, there's no shame in going into Green Bay and losing in Green Bay. So, uh, but I thought Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers in that second half, and I thought Mark, we talked about it last week, Mike Martellus Bennett, I think was the best free agent pickup 
in all of last season. I think we saw that late in the game in critical situations with Aaron Rodgers able to go to him. And how Aaron Rodgers handled the end of that game is textbook. I mean, you saw a guy take the game and using his own guile and his own talents, take that game and, and run out the clock with some brilliant plays. I mean, just yeah, no. utilizing the clock, utilizing his legs, getting the first downs. I mean, just a textbook example of that. You don't, And you see a lot of guys mess it up. That was just brilliant what he did. Yeah, and and Tom Brady aside, you know, obviously, right. it's just is Aaron Rodgers still. I'm not sure if you gave in an open draft every team in the National Football League to take a player that they indeed wouldn't take. Aaron Rodgers, you're right. He's he's playing at a level now. His grasp of what they're doing, his control, and he's got a pretty good surrounding cast right now. So with that and the way their defense is playing, Green Bay's going to be a factor. Uh, Oakland or Kansas City? Now, Kansas City lost Berry, which is a terrible loss for them. I mean, a, a, a really a crushing week one loss. Um, but they look really good, and they got a lot of skilled people. Andy running that three tight end thing. He's got plenty of explosive players. Uh, you know, now with the back and with Hill and with Kelsey. Uh, which team you like more right now for the season, Oakland or Kansas City? Wow, hard because I love Oakland and I love Derek Carr and what they're doing and their potential. Kansas City's got more of the pedigree right now. And what did they do? They did, you know, Alex Smith, 22 of 24 and throws under 10 yards. But, and we've seen that before. But what they do? They got the big plays and they got the big plays to the wide receivers, uh, which was unique for them. That was always been the knock. They can't get explosive. We know the defense is going to be good. I like you said. I just hated see Aaron Barry go down. Terrible. Uh, but right now, I think that that flips the scenario a little bit. That Kansas City could be the team to beat in the AFC. Do you think Carolina is a threat to Atlanta, or is it still Atlanta in that division? I think Atlanta's got the talent. I think Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton still has uh, has to find a rhythm. Certainly, McCaffrey's going to be a factor for them. They'll be. They're going to be closer to the team two years ago. Than certainly last year's team, but I don't know if they're truly a fifteen and one team. I think Atlanta's just got too much talent. Atlanta's good. I tell you one thing: Atlanta is not the same team on grass. It really slows them up. They are so good on that turf that when they get in their building and, and play on that, when they play in a field like they play in Chicago. It's not as fast, obviously, as what they play on. That stuff they play on, they are lightning. Yeah, and the defense is getting better. Vic Beasley, obviously, coming off the edge. I think that's the big deal when you get him on turf and he gets that jump at home with the crowd noise on the turf. That's a huge advantage. Yeah, a little harder field than they can play. You know, That soft field in Chicago is not to their liking. They didn't look as fast as they usually look. Uh, you know, I, I thought they, they, you know, they were ripe to get picked off in that game. They let the Bears hang around, but they got out of there with a win, which is the important thing. Big week two game, though. Atlanta and Green Bay is a big game. Yeah, going to be huge. You know, you go back to that championship game, and Atlanta was just, I mean, Julio Jones, what do you have, 180 yards? And, and Freeman and Coleman, the running backs out of the backfield, collectively were, were lethal. That's the big matchup I'm going to watch for. Can Green Bay do a better job of minimizing the impact of Coleman and uh, Freeman coming out of the backfield in Atlanta? Do you take, uh, are you a believer in the adage that the biggest improvement your team shows is between games one and two in a season? Uh, yeah, that uh, that or the fact that it, your your issues, the problems you have, become more 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 clear. You know, you can you can oh, it's a one off. Okay, we didn't rush the pass real good this game, or we didn't hold up real good in pass protection this game. But when it follows in two games in a row, then you begin to go, okay, maybe we got a problem. So it may be more of that. I, you know, you, you you yeah, you can certainly have good good back to back games, 
But when you have bad back-to-back games, I think that tells you more. Thanks very much. We'll talk next week, Brian. Thank you. All right, Mike. And Brian brought to you by uh, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy them with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long, whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. To get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available too. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code BILLICK today. That's promo code BILLICK for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right for your phone. Back after this.